Hey everyone, I'm Lewis Malley. Welcome to the podcast. This episode was originally recorded on one of my live streams. If you want to watch or listen to more of my content, please follow me on the various social media channels. Please leave a review, subscribe, and I hope you enjoy it. Thanks everyone for joining. And I've got Kim Kalp today. Kim, how are you? I'm doing great. Excited to be here. Thanks for, thanks for coming. I feel like we've had such a great chat in the last 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> we should have just gone live like 15 minutes ago. We'll just continue it right now. Although Absolutely. we're going to bring more, we're going to bring more people to the table. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 definitely. So, so you're in Austin and you were saying you've just moved there over the pandemic. I'm in Austin, Texas. I lived in Manhattan for 12 years, uh, but during the pandemic, we moved down to the, the great state of Texas. <laughs> I hear everyone's moving there. Um, who's it? T- Tesla are opening a factory there. Joe Rogan's moved there. Yep, Joe Rogan, Oracle, uh, Dave Chappelle. We have a great little, uh, great little bit of entertainment as well as tech and and big Fortune 500s that are making Austin their new home. Nice. So yeah, I've heard there's a really big influx of tech people. Like as people leave New York, California, like high expensive cities it's been really interesting to see that i need to come to austin it's it's a really it's a wonderful place i miss the northeast jeff is up in the northeast he's joining us but i i miss it like really because i think this time of year in the northeast is super magical it's starting to get warm it's springtime the flowers are coming up like you get those crisp days where you can wear a light sweater so it's it's definitely um it's been on my heart lately and i miss it but you know, I'm, I'm exploring a new city. I'm making new friends down here and it's a little bit of an adventure. So I think that that's something that we all need every once in a while. We sort of need to get out of our comfort zones, you know, get, get uncomfy and explore and try new things. Definitely. Definitely. That's why this, this actually this year, if you look at this year, although it's been, it's been tough for many people, Getting yourself out of that comfort zone is really when you learn so much. It's been it's been a real fascinating experience. Um, Absolutely, I feel like I I have had more um, more like aha moments. More like, am I happy? You know, do I want to be doing this? Am I spending enough time with my family? Am I and and I I don't think I'm the only one that is sort of rethinking a lot of, I've had a lot of friends uh, to be totally transparent who have really started to rethink their jobs. And I know that that's something that you know quite a bit about. People are saying, am I am I happy in this industry? Am I happy at this company? Um, I know a couple founders who are like, this is a real grind and am I, you know, is the juice worth the squeeze? So I think yeah. there's a lot of, um, transitions happening but then i think there's also a lot of opportunity i think a lot of companies are hiring they're you know they're finding that they need new positions or what did i see the other day that i was going to talk to you about because i thought it was so interesting i'm forgetting the company but they they opened up a position for the head of tiktok all right they opened up a role at their company i want maybe it was like doritos or frito-lay or something who was like we're now hiring a like chief TikTok officer. Nice, love that. This, you know, I, it's crazy. It's crazy. There are 
there are so many new jobs being created but you're right if we wind it back and when the pandemic happens you know there's there's obviously been like winners and losers and some industries have done great i think amazon hired hundreds of thousands of people i mean this year it's been crazy and they've done a good job i mean they've been delivering while people have been at home so you know credit to the drivers and and all of that stuff right and then you're right like a lot of businesses just shut down overnight i had a friend who was in online um live events you know and he's like over 40 and he was like lewis what do i do like my my industry's gone and it took him a while and he ended up transitioning to something completely different um but when you're going through it it's you, you can get lost so easily you know you've been building up you've been you're going to university you've gone you on this career path and suddenly like the world stops and you're like ah what do i do a hundred percent and i think that's where why i have also felt really called during this time to sort of double down on my mentoring work you know double down on the volunteer stuff i'm doing um trying to put out helpful content um it's really why i started to go live on linkedin i had never done that before i started i want to say it was like April of last year, going yeah. live every single Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern and really saying, you know, let's, how can we help each other? How can we, because I think that um, the only way that we're going to get through this is together. And the only way that you can kind of help yourself out of a sticky situation is with other people. I, I'm just such a firm believer that walking alone or, or trying to figure out stuff by yourself or, or trying to switch jobs or switch industries and doing it all alone, there's no way. I mean, what, there's yeah. no reason to make it so hard on yourself. You know, get with a, a helpful community, find a, a virtual mentor if you can't have one in person, just find, find other people that are there for you. Yeah, and it's also amazing that if you ask someone for some help, especially this last year, everyone's been super happy to jump on a video call have a quick coffee offer some advice you know and 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 things things come around right you have this wonderful thing called reciprocity and if you're if you're helping it comes back but it's just you know i th i feel like a lot of people have been really really happy to help this past year and you're right you know it's a team game you know no one's alone there's always someone at the other end of a video call or a phone call and we've had loads of people DMing us, asking advice. We spent a lot of time early on just having a chat with people, thinking about what careers they can transition to and and things like that. But what what would like what what would where would you start? Like what advice would you give for someone who's okay? Either they want to find their dream job, maybe they just want to change jobs, right? Because not everyone's lucky enough to find their dream job or even know what their dream job is. You know, like you do get a lot of pressure. You see a lot of people on social media, they're like, I found my passion. I'm doing a job I'm super passionate about. And then you're like, oh, I need to find my passion. And it gets quite, it gets quite hectic. Yeah, I would say I have sort of two ways of thinking about it because you're exactly right. There's one way where people say, you know, I think my dream job is to quit finance and go be a yoga instructor. So like, there's that where people think they have an idea of what they want to do. Then there's exactly what you said, which is I'm not happy in finance, but I don't know what's next. I would say for the people that know, you know, or have an idea of what they want to do next, 
pick five people. LinkedIn is a great resource. Pick five people that actually work in that industry, different companies, different jobs, and have a chat with them. Because what I have found when I've had friends or people I'm mentoring actually do this exercise is sometimes they're a little surprised because what they had envisioned, which might be, I'm getting to do yoga all day and I'm thinking of these new routines and it's really fun, is only like 40% of the job. And the other 60% is marketing your practice, finding customers, accounting, scheduling, um, following up on missed payments. So. It's not exactly what they had thought it was. So I think that kind of doing that Nancy Drew, uh, James Bond spy research, you know, detective work is really helpful if you have an idea of what you want to get into. If you have no idea that you're just like, I'm unhappy in finance, but I don't know what's next. I would say, again, Start talking to other people where your interests lie. So if you originally got into finance because you're really good with numbers, I'm making that up. You know, are there other places? The good news about that is every industry uses numbers. So going back to that yoga studio, you might switch over and become, you know, the CFO at a fitness brand. You know, you might, you know, you can step out of finance and still use like the root of what you were doing and just apply it to a whole new industry that maybe you're more excited about. Yeah. What I also find really useful is if you sit down and write things down to get a pen and paper and you do like an inventory, like what do I enjoy about my current job? What don't I enjoy? And you can start, and it's weird when you start writing things down, it starts to go in. And it starts to help crystallize things as well. I totally agree. I feel like as much as you can kind of brain dump uh, pen to paper, it's amazingly helpful. And um, uh, Jen, a woman who comes, uh, a friend who comes to join us every Wednesday in our community there was telling me that she uses a lot of post-it notes. And I haven't done that yet, but it is something that I have kind of taken note of next time I do any sort of like big brain dumping exercise. I'm going to take her up on that piece of advice. She sent me uh, a little DM on Instagram of like her entire wall with post-it notes, but it's really useful because she said, you know, you can move the post-it notes around or take them off. And it's a real tactile um, big view of sort of everything that's inside your brain. And I thought, I thought that was a really smart technique. I don't know if you've ever utilized post-it notes with any of your brainstorming. I have done, but then I've, yeah. I might, I migrated to everything on, I, I, everything's on, on like Dropbox for me now. <laughs> I, I've moved from like, I moved from paper on like, which is probably not a great thing. Cause I do like the visual, like post-it writing things down so I need to I need to maybe like mix it up a little bit, but I think it's it's super useful. I and, and Jeff just tagged uh, her in. If you're on LinkedIn, watching on LinkedIn, Jeff just tagged her in the comments. But I would definitely go check her out. She has tons of useful like tips, uh, and these post-it notes was just one of them. But I would encourage you. I know Dropbox. It's funny. So I have Evernote, which is like a note-taking yeah. app that syncs across all of my devices, and I love it. But even though I have an Evernote. I still got my my trusty notebook because I realized something super interesting, Lewis. And I don't know if this is just like the way my mind works, 
if you and I are having a conversation and I need to take notes, I will retain these notes better if I physically write them than if I type them. Don't ask me why. I don't know why my brain works that way, but it does. But your writing's probably beautiful. I mean, mine is so illegible. I can't even read. I can't even read my own handwriting. So I've gone. <laughs> so what, what I do is I have I have like an ATS, so like a database CRM thing. And every time I speak to someone, um, a candidate, a client, an individual, I write the notes in their little note section, and then I don't lose it. I can read it. But I do agree. I mean, so many people do like writing. So I think it's it's a personal thing, you know. I think you've got to be you've got to be kind. But I do love I do love a good. There's something about holding a diary, isn't there, and writing with pen. It's I think so, although Michael just said yellow stickies on a digital whiteboard, and I'm embarrassed to say I don't know what that is. Yellow is stickies like a, on a is digital whiteboard. Oh, I think it's on Mac that you have like the yellow sticky app. Might, I think it might be similar to Evernote where you can actually have yellow stickies and like move them around on your on your like big screen, I think. Maybe Michael can elaborate a little bit on yeah, that. Yeah, Michael, that. let us know what that app is called because that sounds pretty cool. So there's some cool stuff. So there's basically no excuse to take a, take a moment and write down, whether it's digital, whether it's in the diary, the things that you like to do. And then you can think about maybe what job to move into. But the other thing is also, and it's, I think it's important to know, is you can easily, you can, you can, you can get quite, you can put a lot of pressure on yourself by doing this. Because remember, if you are out of work, there's a big economic driver, like you need a job. Um, and I think it's also okay that you do a job to make money and maybe you find your passion and fulfillment in other things you might do in life. Absolutely. And I tell people all the time, you know, this is an exercise that I did before I started my business. So I was 25 when I started my business just a few short years ago. Um, but before I was starting, you know, I really said to myself, okay, you know, we have to be real about this. There is like a 95% chance that this startup fails because 95% of startups fail. Like that is a real thing. So I was like, okay, what's my game plan? Like, you know, you have a plan A, a plan B, sometimes a plan C and a plan D. I'm like, okay, so this fails, what's the game plan? And as I went through this practice, which I call the worst case scenario, I encourage anybody who's thinking about switching jobs or maybe, you know, is looking for another job to do this practice. Okay, worst case scenario, I was living in New York at the time, 25 years old, was sort of like the assistant, like coordinator level. You know, I said to myself, you know, worst case scenario, I can't afford rent in New York anymore. Worst case scenario, I have to leave New York. Worst case scenario, you know, I have an immense amount of privilege. I have two parents that are alive. I have, you know, family that I can rely on and count on both mentally, physically, emotionally, financially, all that stuff. I said, okay, I'm going to have to fly back to Florida and live on my mom's couch. And, you know, worst case scenario, I'm, I'm getting a job at Starbucks. You know, I mean, literally went through this practice of like, okay, if everything goes wrong in three months, I will be on my mom's couch working at Starbucks in West Palm Beach, Florida. And I was like, okay, 
Like, you know, like, okay, like that's what's going to happen until I can, you know, get a better job or get on my feet. So you're exactly right, Lewis. I think it's really helpful for you to think about your job right now is not permanent. It's not set in stone. You can get something that's a just for right now. I mean, I was at an ad agency for four months and it, I knew I was like, okay, this is a transitional job. And I think most people think that that's going to look bad or I have to stay somewhere for a year. It can't look like I jump around. I mean, I'm curious what your thoughts on that. You probably hear those sorts of concerns all the time. All the time. And also during these kinds of moments, whether it was the financial crisis, pandemic, you know, a lot of people lose their jobs and people worry, is it going to look jumpy if I take a job? It's not perfect. It's a level below. It's a lateral move. You know, it's in Starbucks, not in marketing. I mean, whatever it is. And and for me, it's just, you know, you've got you to feel comfortable, you know, going through this journey because it's never always straight, right? There's always ups and downs. It's cheesy to say, right? But it is true. Like, it really is, you know, so many ups and downs and so many different things happen. And it's much better for you to be doing something. Like, every human wants to feel like they're contributing in some way. You know, whether you're even at, whether you're making coffee at Starbucks or doing a cool advertising campaign or running TikTok for some really cool brand, like just, you know, just deep down you're contributing in some way and you're helping people and you're part of a team and, and that's good for you, you know? And then when, when your right job pops up, you're going to be in a great mindset, mind state, you are going to, and you have, you've got a story to tell. Like, what have you done during the pandemic? I stayed at home. I wasn't working, you know, um, but, but if you've tried, you know, like maybe you haven't found a job, but you've really tried and you've gone through this process and you've learned how to build your online persona, which we'll talk about. You've learned about LinkedIn. You've thought, you know, you've done all of these new things that people need to do to find a job now. It's a good story, you know? Well, and it's a really great point. I had an amazing woman on Coffee with Kim, uh, which is my live podcast a couple weeks ago and her name is Jenna Viviano and she has a podcast and a concept that I really loved and it's called recruit the employer. And she sort of switches the point of, you know, yes, it is a strategy that you can wait for amazing people to find you, but we're really in an action oriented society as we can all see from these crazy things with scrolling and texting and tweeting and TikToking, you know, um, what are you doing to go after your dream job? So if you know you want to work at Nike, if you know you want to work at TikTok, you know, what what action steps are you taking to to become recruitable? That's I don't know if that's a word, but but that was sort of the concept of like, are you making yourself look really good and look like you're a fit? for that company because if you're not you know there's going to be someone who's coming up behind you who's who's already thinking that you know and, mm -hmm. and we've seen examples of this um there was one viral example a couple weeks ago that this uh, girl saw that there was an internship opening at TikTok. she made a TikTok about applying to TikTok, nice. and it went viral on TikTok, and that. then they ended up hiring her. So Amazing. really think, kind of getting creative and saying, if you want 
to work somewhere, how can you leverage the system, your contacts, companies like yours, Lewis? Like, how are you um, making baby steps in the direction that you want to go in? Because if you're just sitting at home, kind of folding your arms going, well, they'll find me. I think you're already at a disadvantage. Massively. Right now, it's, it's su there's such an amazing opportunity. You can be at home. Um, you can, let's say LinkedIn, right? LinkedIn's free to use. They don't charge you, right? You can jump on the platform. Let's say you want to, I don't know, you want to work in advertising or marketing. You, you, you stick it in, in, the, in, the, in the search bit. You organize it by content. And you can see all of these people, millions and millions of people that are talking about the things that you want to get into. And then you start engaging, right? You like you start liking Kim's stuff and she's like, oh, who's this guy starting to like my stuff? And then someone, you start commenting. Then you drop her a message and like, hey, Kim, love to have a chat. And she's like, oh yeah, cool. And so, you know, and, and that's how it works. And you can do that from home. And then suddenly you're in front of the people you want to be in front of because, you know, your next line manager, your next colleague, they're all on LinkedIn, all of them. Oh, you know, I don't think many people really understand, you know, I, I was doing a workshop with a company a couple weeks ago and I was digging into some of, I was nerding out on some of like the details of LinkedIn and most people don't realize there are 17 million C-suite. So I'm talking CFO, CMO, CEO, 17 million C-suite executives that log into LinkedIn every single day from around the world. So you have 17 million high powered decision makers to access, to talk to, to interact with their content. And I, I don't, I think it's one of the few ways that, that I've seen anyways, that you can really, besides maybe Twitter is another platform that you yeah. can directly like or comment or message the, the CMO of Pepsi. Or the CMO of Coca-Cola. I mean, I don't know in what other world you would be able to do that. You can't. And I and I bet you I bet you almost everyone monitors their LinkedIn or Twitter or Instagram, but their email, you, you know, like at that level, they have an EA, they might not even be looking at their emails, it gets lost. You're unlikely to get through on the phone. But but liking someone's comment, it pops up on their mobile phone, it pops up. I mean it works. Even, even, even Clubhouse, you know, you can go and listen live to Elon Musk or Gary Vee or whoever talking live about stuff and, and stick your hand up. And then suddenly you're having a conversation with these people that you're right, like 10 years ago or five years ago, probably just wouldn't have happened. No. And I think that, and, and listen, I always tell people like, I get it about LinkedIn. When you look at all of the other platforms the clubhouse, the Instagram, the, the TikTok, it's not as sexy, right? Like it's sort of like the, the, the weird uncle at Thanksgiving. Like it's not the cool, sexy, flashy, hot platform, but it's immensely powerful. And I think the differentiator right now, and I think it's so wise of you, know, you to be using this live is that most people don't realize that a lot of those other platforms have already, Mark Zuckerberg has already sort of corrupted them into the pay, pay to play. So you'll see a Facebook following of Katy Perry with 6 million followers and they'll post something and you'll see it gets 2000 likes. 
and you're thinking yeah. six million to two thousand, and then you realize because you have to pay to access all six million of your followers, and the same thing has happened on Instagram. I think it's a matter of time, quite frankly, with TikTok, and that has not happened on LinkedIn. So we are still in the the pioneering days of you can have organic growth. You can reach an audience organically. You know, we were talking before this went live um, that, that you yourself have seen it, you know, Lewis, getting thousands of views of something after it aired and, and you don't pay a dime. And so I think that that's a real opportunity on the platform right now. It's huge. I mean, with, you know, I think with, you know, if you've got a small business or even a large business, it feels like your business should be about generating content. And by the way, I do marketing or by the way I do exec search or you know but I think also if if all the platforms go the way you described it's going to be tricky for them because I think actually now they're fighting for content right like they want you to go live on Twitter spaces rather than LinkedIn or live on YouTube and so it's going to it's going to be interesting to see where it lands it feels like we as creators of content have quite a lot of choice and if they start charging us to access our followers and for people to view then we go onto a different platform i think uh, it's gonna yeah exactly but i'm sure i mean when you're when you're thinking about you know recruiting and finding a new job and a new opportunity like what are the one or two pieces of advice that you give to people when they're thinking about, you know, I, I just don't know if I'm loving finance anymore. Or I just don't know if I'm loving, you know, HR or whatever industry they're working with. What What's like one or two things that, that you just are like, oh, if you could just start by doing this, it would make my job down the road in terms of executive placement so much easier. It's hard, it's really hard to transition right like if you're doing finance and you want to move into marketing it's pretty tough it feels like it's always easier to transition internally so if you're in a company and you've built up all of these um personal connections goodwill you know people know what you're about it's a bit easier to transition internally if you can't if you have to get outside then and and something you talked about the other day is trying to think about what your what your what your skills are like what is your worth like what value do you have to add and how can you how can you package it it's like storytelling right like what's the story like i come and see someone i want to transition what's the story and if they buy into my story i'm, I'm really likely to then you know start to move through to the next steps because at the moment it's really difficult like if you are if you are hiring someone uh given the current environment it's very difficult to hire someone who's not like bang on or got the 12 out of 10 things that you're looking for because you don't want to be the next one out the door and so if hiring managers mentally find it difficult to hire people that aren't quite that maybe just slightly left field and so if you're that person you need to really think about crafting the story and again like get the post-it notes out um stick around your room and think about like what are the transferable skills what value can i add and then and then think about like how can I then package that and whether it's you know building your LinkedIn profile building this online persona contacting people the chief marketing officers that you want to start speaking to and I would and I would do it like that so you've got to think of it quite strategically 
And would you recommend if someone's like, okay, I work in the HR department uh, at this fashion brand, but I want to work at the HR. So you want to stay in HR and you want to stay in that zone, but I work in fashion and instead I want to go do HR, um, you know, in this other industry, in the fitness industry, in the finance industry, in the, you know, banking industry, what, what would you give, what, what piece of advice would you give someone like that? So HR is one of those things like marketing where it doesn't really matter which sector you're in. You know, you still find though that companies hire for pedigree over potential. You know, like if you're going to so, so pedigree, for example, pedigree is, I know, Amazon are hiring and they get a candidate and the candidates work to Google, work to, you know, TikTok, whatever. Great, great tech firms. And they're like, wow, this, this candidate's going to be great. And you're like, how come? Well, they've worked to, you know, they've worked to our rivals then. And obviously it's not a good guide of future performance, right? Just because they've done the job before doesn't mean they're going to be good at doing it again. Um, what they should be doing is hiring for potential. And, and that's a whole another conversation. But I, I think, <laughs> which I have done a live on before. But if you're a candidate, again, it's doing the stuff that you described. It's finding five people six people in the companies or industries you want to go into. It's just a really about being proactive, like jump on LinkedIn and contribute to the conversation, start commenting, do like spend five minutes a day commenting on like the top 10 chief marketing officers in the sector you want to move into and just do that every single day, like their stuff, start chatting to people. And, and that, that's for me that right now, that's the way to go about doing it. Well, and I've always said, you know, at the end of the day, people don't hire resumes, people hire people. Um, yeah. And they especially hire people that they know, like, and trust. You know, at the end of the day, there could be a candidate who is amazing with better reviews and better, you know, pedigree, even whatever. And I mean, I don't know about you, but I've seen some really dumb people and some people that should not have the jobs that they have and upon further investigation, I learned, oh, they're old golf buddies with the CEO. Or, oh, they're the CMO's cousin. Oh, like you, you will be surprised by how many people who are not qualified um, get jobs. But at the end of the day, it's really, you know, people hire people. They don't hire resumes. The networking is, you know, like it's it's always used like in a, in a derogatory term, like the old boys club and, you know, things like that, um, which is, again, not good, right? It's not being necessarily fair how some of these people get jobs. Um, but if we're honest, that's how the world works. And it still works like that today. And whether it's, you know, they follow you on Instagram and they love your stuff, they're going to be a little bit more likely to want to hire you versus someone else. Like it's just, it's how it goes. And so how would you, just given that how that works, how would you, what would you recommend people do to make themselves look valuable? Because to get to the human, right, they look at your CV or resume, they'll look at your, at your LinkedIn content. How, how can you like make that stand out to get, even get through the door? Uh, no one's gonna like this answer, but I'm gonna say it anyways. And that is, um, all of these popular shows on Netflix that everybody's talking right about right now, have you seen Bridgerton? Have you watched Emily in Paris? Have you watched Tiger King? Have you watched Son of Sam? 
Um, I have not seen any of those shows. And I don't say that to, to brag. I don't say that to be boastful because uh, there was a season uh, you know, in my life before the pandemic that I did watch all of those shows and I did enjoy Netflix. But what I'm finding is during the pandemic, during this, what I would call a volatile season or a season of like shifting and change, if, if you are sitting there and listening to this right now and you're like, mm-hmm, yep, I watched Tiger King. That was fun. Mm-hmm, yep. I watched that Son of Sam. Good show. Highly recommend. Like that hour that you were sitting there or that 45 minutes that you spent watching that, read something. Go read a blog from a CMO that you find interesting. Go read a newsletter um, on LinkedIn that's going to help you. And I'm not saying oh, you have to do more work. That's not what I'm saying. And that's not what I do. I will save uh, throughout the throughout the day, interesting articles, posts that I want to revisit other things. And when I'm done with dinner, I will read. I sign up for newsletters all the time, all the time. I probably am subscribed to like 30 newsletters. I don't necessarily read every single one, but I use that downtime to say, I'm still going to have my, I, I call it, you know, if the Netflix is sort of like the candy, like the junk yeah. food, is there a healthier dessert that I can have? So instead of having the M&Ms and that would be like Bridgerton, can I have mixed berries with whipped cream? Still a dessert, but a little more healthy. You know, yeah. can I use the, can I make little shifts that will help me in my career, help me with a job, help me uh, in this season of business. And, and again, I'm not saying you have to do that forever, but I think especially if you're looking to transition with jobs, I think if you're looking for a new job um, or a new industry to sort of pay attention to, to where, where you're spending your time, because I think that there are sneakily ways that you can spend making yourself look better. You're right. That takes a lot of discipline, but I love that. It's a lot of it's, discipline. It's but you know what? And like I said, it's not a popular answer. Like I've had people say like, but Kim, you know, my Netflix is my time to unwind. And I, I totally get that. But like, I'll give you an example. And I, I said this to someone last week. I said, okay, your Netflix is your time to unwind. Got it. Are there documentaries on Netflix? This this woman that I was talking to works in social media. And I said, so for instance, I know for a fact that there are documentaries on social media that are on, there's one called Fake Famous. Um, there's another one called, what was that influencer one? Social Dilemma. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. There are documentaries on that industry. So if you can't give up Netflix, okay, you know, I get it. You want to watch TV and turn off. Can you at least change what you're watching to yeah. to somehow help you in some yeah. fashion? Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. So, it's, so it's essentially, you know, you want to move into a different industry and and go about acquiring the knowledge and the skills and the learning to be able to then transition into that. I like that. No, I like and that. I mean, I think Jeff just hit the nail on the head. You know, you can always make more money, but you can't make more time. I mean, you you cannot make more time. Time is your most valuable, non-renewable, unpurchasable asset. It's the one equitable thing we all have, right? We all have 24 hours in a day and you can choose how to use it. 
Um, it's true. For the downtime, I mean, for me, I don't know about you, but I'm I'm super into my exercise. I do a lot of CrossFit. And when you're down, when the gym's open, depending on you where, where you are in the world, although they have just opened in London, I'm sure Austin is, is fully open with the gyms. Um, but, but, you know, you really switch off. Like when you're staring at that weight or you're on the treadmill, it's really meditative. You know, you don't think about any of this other stuff and, and you know, searching for a job, transitioning, like money, all of these things like can get really on top of you. And you, you do definitely need like a, a release. Um, whether it's your frozen berries and whipped cream or down the gym as well. <laughs> it's important to have that. Absolutely. I think we all, uh, we're all looking for, for stress relief, but I think you're absolutely right. Moving your body and it doesn't have to be CrossFit. It can be a walk outside. Uh, it can be taking a phone call, walking around the block instead of sitting at, at your desk. If you're able to do that, I just think, you know, being able to be a little more physical and, and be yeah. in your body is you're absolutely right. It's, it's immensely helpful. Yeah. So once you've done that and you've, you've sacked off Netflix, you've canceled the membership, you've got rid of Disney plus, even you've got rid of like Amazon prime and whatever, how can you then go and showcase your superpowers, your career based superpowers, which I uh, love that term, by the way. Thank you. I think it's really about, you know, sharing the things that come easy to you. So if you get a group of, let's say 30 people that you know, could be friends, could be family members, could be colleagues, ask them what they think your superpower is because most of the time it's different than what you think it is. Uh, a lot of, because you don't, a lot of things that you might be doing naturally Again, I don't know, I'm just good with numbers. I don't think that's a superpower. I'm just, you know, I can do this math in my head or I don't know, marketing, like it just comes really easy, easily in me. I don't know if it's my superpower, but then all of a sudden the people around you are like, no, you're really good at marketing. Like the way you think about things. And I think a lot of times we don't even recognize the things that we're really good at because they come so easily to us. And so whatever that is that, that is really easy for you, could be time management, could be organization, could be finance, could be marketing, whatever that is. I think if you can start sharing that, you know, here, if it's organization, here are the top five ways I organize my closet. Here are the top three ways that I organize my calendar. If you can start sharing the things that are really easy for you or the things that you've learned along the way, Honestly, I think that's your most powerful asset because pe people at the end of the day are going to look to you, whether you like it or not. I did this whole post about influence a couple weeks ago in my What Works newsletter that talked about this is like you are influencing people either by default or by design. And so if we can move you from the default setting to the design setting of, okay, if people are going to follow me on LinkedIn, if people are going to follow me on Instagram, if people are going to listen to my opinion, how can I make it the best? And so I think sharing your superpowers, whether it's organizational tips or recruiting tips or leadership tips, I think that's, that's the best gift that you can give to everyone. I love that. That's so true. The other I mean, thing I would just... You, how, how did you think about really... Because I feel like your work sometimes 
it's more behind the scenes. You know, you're, you're kind of putting the puzzle pieces in place and then everyone sees the finished product, but you know, they might not see all the puzzle pieces that are, that are going into it. But you know, how did you first think about sharing and, and your personal brand? So content wise, you mean, um, so to start with, if you think about my job and, and it took me a while to realize this, but the real cool thing about my job is that I'm, I do well if my users do well, right? So my users are candidates and customers. So, you know, if we spent, we spend a lot of time, you know, coaching people through interview processes, helping them land at these top leadership jobs. We help customers think about structuring their interview process, the storytelling, things like that. And that's an, awesome awesome part of our job um, and if our, if both users do well then ultimately we do well right like someone's happy they've got a great job the company's happy they've got a great employee and we're friends right and, and our job is really about making friends with people ultimately doing a good job great service good sounding boards stuff like that and then I started doing my my podcasting a couple of years back in the day when people actually came to see me face to face and I had a little podcast room with my mics and people would come in. It was quite cool. It was only like London UK people, right? Who could actually come into my office. And it was about sharing educational content. Um, Cause nowadays I think the way you market businesses um, services, businesses like ours is around content, right? Like educational content, by the way, I do executive search and, and you just start giving stuff. And it's also really fun. Like I love doing it. It was a bit weird to start with because you never like looking at yourself and these live shows are always weird and like your left arm is your right arm and you know, <laughs> like that kind of stuff. But when you get into it and then you start getting feedback from people, then, it, then you're like, ah, you know, this is actually helping people. And even if it just helps a few people, you get, right encouragement and you're doing a good job and as you do it more regularly and more regularly it gets out there and it, and it really works and it's it's fun and I think to start with if you enjoy it that's like the number one thing and then when you realize you're helping people then it's a no-brainer you know I, I could not agree more and I think it's also it's a it's a wonderful way to network and i know there are some people who are introverts and i don't like networking and and i get that and so i always try to think about okay reframe it and say how do i just find and interact with interesting smart humans but if you're That's an introvert it. it's the most best the best time if you're an introvert right now because like linkedin is the modern day cocktail party right or whichever other platform like you can you can be at home where maybe you're more comfortable like maybe you're not comfortable going out to a party and like speaking to a random at the bar or in an event sitting next to someone that's in your industry like it's quite hard to just strike up a conversation with someone you know whereas whereas on linkedin you can do that via your keyboards like you can just press the like button and then and then as you get confident doing that you can add a few comments you know like thanks for sharing what a great show you know that really and then you can start and then you, you build up the confidence a bit and I think you know you can do that whether you're an introvert or an extrovert you don't have to jump on and do stuff that you do you know you haven't got to do a live show you haven't got to record a podcast um but you can certainly contribute I think and 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 right now I mean you've, you've kind of got to do that now I would I would say I mean Absolutely. It's, I think it's such a fun time. Um, it's such a fun time to really connect 
I know it's it's weird to think about that, but I think this pandemic, all of us being forced to stay at home has opened up the possibility of connecting with people all over the world. And I think sometimes, yeah. you know, you you connect with people in your in your bubble, um, but really opening up that bubble and saying there are people all over the world now that I can connect with. I love it. And the great thing for me, you know, this this pandemic, I mean, we probably would never have hopped on a live show, right? If I'd have messaged you in 2019, fancy coming on a live stream, you'd been, huh? You know, now now it's it's great because you get, you know, we get to hear your perspective. You're in Austin. I'm in London. You, you know, you can really start to speak to people with very different worldviews, perspectives. And it's really good. And, and back, you know, to one of your points, it's a team game, right? And if you get a little bit of advice from someone that helps you wherever they are in the world, it's a really awesome thing. So. Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, we all go, we all go farther together. We all go farther together than we do alone. Definitely. What a beautiful place to end. Thank you so much, Kim. Thank really you. Really appreciate Everyone, it. Thank you everybody for, for joining Jeff and Jason and Shelby and stuff. Really appreciate it. And you've got a show at... What time is it? One at one one p.m. Eastern. So if you awesome. enjoy getting together with interesting, smart humans uh, from all over the world, uh, we talk to CEOs, experts, um, founders every single week, every single Wednesday at one p.m. Eastern. So, so Lewis, I hope you'll stop by one of these Wednesdays. Would love to absolutely. <laughs> if I'm invited, I'll come with my coffee, and I'll very happily to have a chat with you. So. Thank you so much. Thanks everyone for joining and speak to you all soon. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to leave a review and subscribe in all the usual places.